0: Many years ago, someone once told me this definition of prayer, and I've never forgotten it. They told me that prayer is simply having a heart-to-heart conversation with your best friend. And maybe you've heard that before, but it is so true, right? I mean, who couldn't be a better friend than God? He loves you. He he loves hearing from you. He he wants to uh, help you out in all that you do. He cares about everything that's going on in your life. He is certainly your best friend. So it just makes sense, doesn't it, that you would want to, as a result, have this nonstop dialogue with your best friend. Throughout the day, every day, this ongoing conversation with God. And that's why we're doing this series on the Lord's Prayer, a prayer that's very familiar with each and every one of us, a series called Let's Chat, The goal isn't to get you to think that you need to pray the Lord's Prayer every single time you pray, but rather to provide you with a model on how to pray and even what to say when you pray. And of course, above all, to encourage you to keep in mind, God's your best friend and and, and he loves to hear from you as you talk to him and you dialogue with him and you chat with him. He's listening. Speak up. So just keep that conversation going throughout the day. Just talk about whatever's on your heart, whatever comes into your mind. Just let him be part of your day. Now last week, for those of you who are here, those of you who are watching from home, we talked about how Jesus teaches when he teaches the Lord's Prayer. He teaches us to address God, right the, the almighty God of the universe, in this incredible way. This very tender and affectionate word God uses, or that Jesus uses for us to address God. What is that word? Tell me. Father, that's right, to address him as father. And then we also looked at another word, Abba, which means daddy, a very tender word. And we learned that God, our father, he's, he's all around us, like the, like the air that we're breathing. And then we looked at the very first of seven petitions. So the, the Lord's Prayer is broken into these seven requests. And the first one we looked at last week is, hallowed be your name. And we talked about that. We learned that what you're saying when you pray the Lord's Prayer, and you say, hallowed be your name. What you're really saying is, Lord God, may your name always be holy. May it get the honor and the respect that it deserves in what I say and in what I do. May your name rule and dominate my life. So today, we're going to look at the next two of these seven petitions. And these are found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10 where Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, you know, we've heard these words, they just slide right off of our tongue, right? We just ramble them off. But what are you saying when you say those words? Do you know what you're saying? Do you know what those words mean when you say your kingdom come, your will be done? Thankfully, the Bible helps. The Bible is always helpful, but it provides us with some images Images of what this world could look like if God's kingdom were to come, if his will were to be done here, just like it's, you know, and being freely carried out here, just like it's being carried out in heaven. And what I like to do is just start us off by looking at some of those amazing images of what this world could look like if God's kingdom were to come and his will were to be done. So for example, in Revelation 7, 16, it says this, never again will God's people hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat. So if God's kingdom were to come and his will were to be done, the first image that we see here is just this total elimination of hunger. So what does that mean? It means no more children with swollen bellies, no more scarcity of food, no more need for a food pantry here at Royal Redeemer because all poverty would be completely eliminated. Here's a second image. This is from Amos 9.13. Listen to this. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will, overt- be, will be overtaken by the plowman. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. So this second image, right, right out of God's word, is this overflow of Abundance. Today, you might say something like this. The stock market will just keep going up a little bit each and every day and just keep going and going. Unemployment and the jobless rate will drop to zero and stay there. Everyone is going to love their job and their career. And yes, you will. And if God's kingdom comes and his will is done, you will. And and, and no one is going to be in want. See, and that's just another image. Of of what life could be like, again, if God's kingdom were to come and his will were to be done. All right, a third image is in Isaiah 2, verse 4. These are some familiar words God will judge between the nations and settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. I love this part. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. So the obvious image here is there was going to be no more fighting, no more hatred. So the idea of people being enemies with one another, completely foreign. Don't even know. People are going to be walking around. War? Hatred? What are you talking about? What is that? A fourth image is found in Isaiah 11, verse 6, where it says in another familiar passage, the wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, The infant will play near the hole of the cobra. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. So in this particular case, the image that is being presented is that the whole world will be at peace. Wouldn't that be nice? If God's kingdom were to come and his will were to be done, there would be peace on earth. A fifth image it's from Revelation 21, verse 21, where John is describing the great city of God, and he says these amazing words: the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. Can you even imagine what that might be like? The great city was of the. I'm sorry. The great street of the city was of pure gold, like transparent glass. So again, just some mind-boggling images, right? But in this case, if God's kingdom were to come and his will were to be done, there would be this, the, the hunger for beauty would be fully satisfied. So in other words, no more pollution. No more run-down inner city buildings with graffiti and, and, and broken windows. No concrete ghettos and barrios, Oh, The the collective artistic genius that God has placed in the heart and life of every person will blossom and flourish and everything will be a beautiful masterpiece. It just gets better. Look at this next one, the sixth image. This is just a couple verses later. Revelation 21 verse 25, it says, speaking of this great city, on no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. Now, obviously, in biblical times, they didn't have electricity, so nighttime meant darkness and vulnerability and fear and crime. But if God's kingdom were to come and his will were to be done, the image that is presented here is that there would be no worry or fear on earth. So no need for locked doors anymore. No, no worries about gated communities and walls. No need for, um, for security cameras and, and security systems because there won't be anything to worry about or be afraid of. And then this final image, this is actually the passage that Mark read a moment ago from Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4, where John says this, he says, I heard a loud voice saying, now the dwelling place of God is with men, and he will live with them. I love that image, the image of Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us, right? Right? And then it goes on and it says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. If God's kingdom were to come and his will were to be done, you would enjoy this non-stop relationship with God and it would be absolutely perfect and filled with joy. And it would be yours because of course, Jesus' death on the cross for you. I just have a relationship that you would have because through Christ's sacrifice, you know, your sin, your guilt has all been paid, and, and, and it's available to anyone. This is a relationship that's available to anyone through faith in Jesus. And this is an amazing relationship when you consider the fact that you were one time seen as the enemy. Yeah, because of your sin, your disobedience, your rebellion, you shaking your fist at God. But Jesus, thanks be to God, Jesus took your the curse of your sin upon himself and through faith in him you are forgiven and you are adopted into god's family and you are his son and you are his daughter and this is the best part you are seen as holy in god's eyes as if you had never sinned because of jesus And then God expands on this even more. In Ezekiel 11, verse 19, he says, I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. So if God's, when God's kingdom, if God's kingdom were to be, and and his will were to be realized here on this earth, you would no longer have to worry about having a cold, stubborn heart, right? You wouldn't have to worry about saying something that you would later regret or doing something that you might later, of which you would be later ashamed You know, when God's kingdom, if God's kingdom were to come and his will were to be done, you would see somebody else's success or somebody else's beauty or somebody else's wealth. And it wouldn't even occur to you to be envious. You would just rejoice in their blessings as if they were your very own. Isn't that amazing? Every tribe, every tongue, every nation will gather around the throne of God as brothers and sisters Your every thought will be a prayer. Your every prayer will be this conversation with your heavenly father. And he will wipe away every tear from your eye. That is what it would look like if God's kingdom were to come. If his will were to be done here, just like it's being done in heaven. And as you sit there, you might be thinking, wow, Pastor Z, that's really awesome. But so what? How does that help me now? I mean, we still got this pandemic thing going on. We've got an election coming up that's stressing me out. And I got, there's social unrest everywhere. How does that help me now? Well, it helps you now because it can happen now. It can happen now. When Jesus was walking on planet earth, he talked about the reality, the reality of, of the kingdom of God. Look at this in Mark 9. It says, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. When Jesus says the kingdom of God is near, he's not implying that it's some distant dream. No, this verse is saying that in Jesus, the kingdom of God is available now. It is available now to you, to me, to anyone, anywhere. And it's available because in Jesus, God's will, God's perfect will was fulfilled completely, totally. And part of that will was to free you from your sin and the devil's ability to accuse you. To accuse you and say, oh yeah, I saw, I saw when you were sleeping in church. Yeah, you're going to hell for that one. And I can't see you because of the lights, so don't worry, you're safe. But because you were like, my eyes are open. See, look at that. I can, I can start seeing you now. <laughs> Devil can't accuse you. He can't accuse you of anything. He can't when you believe that Jesus is your savior, right? When you believe that Jesus shouldered the guilt of all of your sins, whatever that might be, whatever you, what is deserving of hell, and that's any sin, when you trust that he has shouldered all of your guilt, God says you are not guilty. You get that? Not guilty. And as your heavenly father, he is the God who's going to love you and continue to lead you and guide you in a way that's going to bless you. <laughs> it's, like I said, it just gets better and better. So it is possible for you to live in God's presence and power. It is possible for his rule to be upon you today, right now. It, it is and, and, and it may not seem like it's possible, especially if you're checking out your news feed on your phone or you're watching, you know, on TV, the news, and you see all of the violence and the hatred and the fighting and the, the, and the scandals and the injustice and the cold and stubborn hearts. But it can. It can happen. And it can happen with prayer. So in the time that I got left, what I'd like to do is just share with you three things for, not, for which I would like to challenge you to pray. When it comes to these two petitions, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, three areas where I want you to pray, okay? First, I want you to pray that God's kingdom and will would come into your own personal life. So, in effect, you're saying, okay, you know, God may your kingdom come in, and your will be done right in this little tiny piece of your kingdom, my heart. So, say that. But when you Pray those words. Think about what you're saying. Don't just let them roll off your tongue. And then mean what you're saying. Think about it. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? He's, he's, this is right before he gets crucified. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying, Father, take this cup from me. But not my will. What does he say? Your will be done. Sound familiar? Sure does, your kingdom come, your will be done. So you're praying the same prayer Jesus prayed. You're asking, you're saying, God, may your kingdom, may, may your will be done in my life. Not my will, your will. That's what, that's what you're saying. Actually, you're praying two things in particular. You're praying that you're ready to suffer. You're, when you're saying your will be done, you're saying, I'm going to do, Lord, whatever you want, needs to be done. I will endure whatever needs to be endured so that I can walk hand in hand with you through this life to accomplish your will. That's what you're saying. But again, talk is cheap, isn't it? Your will be done. Chuck said it. Are you serious? Are you really ready to pick up your cross and follow Jesus and do his will? Kind of what Laura was talking about. You know, if he's king, is he really calling the shots? That's the first part that, you're, that you mean when you're saying that, those words. Second thing you're saying is that, you, that you're actually praying that you become someone with God's will at heart. So you're actually saying, God, may I become a person who wants to do your will. I actually want to do it. I sometimes do, sometimes I don't, but now I want to be it all the time. Help me to want to do your will. Bring your kingdom into my life. Help me to not just pray your kingdom come, but help me to live it out so that people see you in me. So they see your patience and your self-control and your love and your grace and your mercy and your gentleness and your kindness and your forgiveness in me. See, that's, that's what you're saying when you, when you pray those words. And while you might be thinking, okay, okay, I get it. Again, the, the challenge here is are you willing to do whatever it takes for God's will to be done? Are you willing to maybe change something in your life for God's will to be done? Are you willing to endure something or someone at work or at school or on your team for God's will to be done? Are you willing to forfeit and give up something? Are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to, when it comes to your relationships, okay, when it comes to your finances, are you willing to say, Lord, may your will be done in my resources when it comes to my cash. When you pray those words, you're saying, may your will be done in my career. May your will be done in my classroom. May your will be done on my team. May your will be done in my family, in my marriage, in my my friendships. May your will, Lord, Father, may it be done in my language, in my decisions and attitudes that I display. You're saying, Father, may the reality of your kingdom come into my life, my life. May, it, may you rule in me. That's the first of those three areas I wanna challenge you to pray. May it come into your personal life. May his will be done in you. Second area is that you would pray God's kingdom and will would come into the lives of the people in your relational world. So who is all that? Well, it's everybody else you know. It's your kids, your grandkids, if you got them. It's your siblings, your parents. Uh, it is coworkers and your boss. It's your teacher and your coach and your classmates. And it's your friends, your neighbors. It's everybody you know. Everybody. Everybody. Right, you, you want them, you want to pray that, uh, that if they aren't aware, anybody who may not know about God's gifts of grace and love and forgiveness in Jesus Christ, you want to pray for them. You want to pray that the Holy Spirit would, would work in their heart and allow them to not only recognize those gifts, but receive them in faith and, and enjoy God's rule over their life too. In Matthew 6, Jesus says, My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. God wants everybody to be in heaven with Him. He wants those people to be with Him too, so pray for them. And don't stop praying. Don't stop. I know a woman who had been praying for her alcoholic father for 53 years. 53 years! He was very cold again, you know, toward God, toward anything, you know, church-wise, just didn't want anything to do with it, didn't have time for it. 53 years she prayed. And finally, the Holy Spirit, and I'm sure there were times when she got discouraged. Don't you? I'm sure there were times when she wanted to quit and just say, whatever. But she didn't. And the Holy Spirit softened her father's heart. And the Holy Spirit empowered him to trust in God's grace and forgiveness in Jesus through faith. Thanks be to God. But my point is, what if she hadn't prayed? What if she'd stopped at year 30? So don't stop praying for those people that you know. Those people in your little world of influence that you know may not know Jesus. Pray for them. Pray that God's kingdom would come and his will would be done in their life too. All right, but there's a third area I want to challenge you to pray when it comes to this whole thing. And it's, what it's when it comes to God's kingdom and his will, pray that it would also come into this nation and all nations, right? Yeah, granted, when you're reading your news feed or watching it on TV, you're going to see all kinds of garbage going on. Absolutely, but pray for this country. Pray for all countries Uh, Pray for this world that God created so long ago. A world that, yes, is corrupted by sin. But a world filled with people God loves. So pray that the Holy Spirit would work. That God would work in their lives as well. That his kingdom would come. That his rule would be done in them too. In 1 Timothy 2 verse 4, it says, God wants all people to be saved. Everybody. You know, the the reason why we're doing this series, again, it's just to get you to realize what an opportunity, what a wonderful privilege it is for you to address the God of the universe as your father, right, as your daddy, who's all around you like the air that you're breathing, and to realize what what a joy it is to have this ongoing dialogue with him, not just one time, once a day, but throughout the day, to have this conversation where you're just chatting with him about whatever's on your heart, throughout the day, every day. And my hope is that when you pray the Lord's Prayer, if and when you pray, then we'll be praying it in just a little bit. But as you pray those words, your kingdom come, your will be done, that you're praying that it would happen in your life, in the lives of those people that you know and love, as well as the lives of everybody else in this world. So let me, just couple, let me uh, challenge you uh, this week in a couple of ways. First, let me challenge you to connect with God by signing up for a small group. We're going to be digging deeper into the Lord's Prayer. If you have not signed up yet online, please do so. If you have no access to the internet or cannot figure it out, call the church. We will plug you in. Great opportunity for you, though, to get connected to God, to grow deeper in His Word, grow deeper in your walk with Jesus, and grow deeper in a relationship with a few other brothers and sisters in Christ. Second, I want to challenge you to be willing to take up your cross and follow Christ's will. As I mentioned earlier, talk is cheap. Your will be done, Lord. Oh, yeah, your will be done. I pray that his will would be done. And be alert. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the strength to change or to adjust or to forfeit or to put up with or whatever so that God's will is done in your life. And enjoy the blessing that comes when you do And then third, pray that God's kingdom and will would come to others as well, right? My guess, and I'm probably gonna be a little presumptuous, but my guess is that you know Jesus and you love him and you're good, you're part of the flock. There are still so many who aren't. Pray for those people too. Pray that God's kingdom would come, that his rule would be done in their lives. They might enjoy his love and grace in Jesus. All right, would you pray with me? Let's pray about this. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege of prayer where we can come to you and speak whatever's on our hearts. Father, it is your desire to bless us. So, so rule our hearts and our lives, but also bring the reality of your kingdom, the reality of your, your presence and grace and love in Christ into our life, into the lives of those around us, into the lives of all people on this planet. Father, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to speak to you, to chat with you throughout the day, every day. Bless us in that. And we pray all this in Jesus' great name. Amen.